we always tried to have the Hallmark gingerbread houses, which we always had houses that collapsed. <laughs> and so last year, Brody said, do we ever have to do this again? I said, no. <laughs> so this year we actually found some pretzel houses we might try to put together. But, you know, it's just, just the fun of being together. I know the grandkids will all be grown and gone. And, and it makes me want to... I'm older and wiser now, really hang on to those relationships. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Zan Tyler podcast, where our goal is to help you thrive in your homeschool journey. Before we begin today's episode, I just want to remind you to please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen or watch, including YouTube, and leave us a review if this podcast has encouraged you. It really helps us, and it also helps other homeschool parents like you find our podcast. And as always, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Well, today, my dear friend Nancy and I are concluding our two-part series on searching for joy during this Christmas season. If you missed part one, please go back and check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it and benefit from it. My producer, Caleb, was just sharing with us today how January has become one of the months most highly marked with depression rates because of unmet expectations from the holidays. So we want you to be free to enjoy your kids, families, and neighbors and celebrate the true meaning of Christmas without killing yourself in the process. And none of us want to be part of those dismal, depressing January statistics. So stay tuned. You will really be encouraged by this episode. When my family started our homeschooling journey, there were so many decisions to make, but one of our best decisions was choosing to use BJU Press Homeschool. I've never seen my kids so excited to get textbooks before. I'm amazed by how interesting and interactive the lessons are. My kids actually look forward to them. We use the online video lessons for all our courses, but I know some families choose to teach from the textbooks. What I love is that I can trust BJU Press to uphold our values. The Bible and biblical principles are woven throughout each subject. I'll admit, I was a bit nervous when I started homeschooling, but I've found a wonderful online community of other BJU Press homeschool families and consultants. The Homeschool Hub also makes my job easier. I can set up our schedules and rearrange them with just a few clicks. On the dashboard, I can see each of my kids' progress, and the assignments page shows me quickly what's ready for me to check or grade. I'm glad my son's biology assignments are automatically graded. BJU Press Homeschool has given us the tools and confidence to homeschool our children. For more information, do what I did and visit the BJU Press Homeschool website or talk with your local HomeWorks consultant. Tell your idea about wrapping up the books. I love that. Oh, I saw this. I didn't actually do this myself, but I would love to do this. Um, and of course, I saw it too late to do it with my grandkids this year. Um, but I saw somewhere on online the idea of having 24 Christmas books. And it can be books you already own. It's not like you have to go buy 24 books. Um, but wrap them all in Christmas wrap and put them in a basket. And each evening, have the kids pick one and open it. And then you read that Christmas story together as a family. And I just thought that was such a sweet... Um, and like I said, if you already have a collection of children's Christmas books, you don't have to spend a dime. Um, so it's just such a great way to 
focus, especially if you have really good literature, like I, I still to this day, I'm the book grandma. Um, so I, if I find a book that the kids love, I'll buy a copy for my house and for their house. Um, but I love to read to them and I loved reading to my girls. You know, here's a bonus tip that somebody told me when my kids were about, I don't know, six and eight, seven and nine, something like that. Keep reading aloud to your kids, even into their teen years. And I thought, mm -hmm. well, that's weird. Like once they know how to read, why would you do that? And I'm so glad that this friend said this to me because, boy, we shared some rich literature, biographies and history books and just great literature. Um, mm -hmm. And we got to discuss it then. And so, you know, whether you have little kids or bigger ones, um, reading aloud is a really powerful, when we're talking about bonding experiences, um, mm -hmm. it, it's special. It really is special. And even if you're traveling over the holidays, you can do um, read aloud sometimes, but there's some great audible books or auditory books that you can listen to in the car. Yeah. And I think that is a great way, especially when you have massively long trips in the car. Oh, yeah. to, to, you know, to do that. I, I remember one year, I think we, we might've talked about this last year, but one year we went ski snow skiing with some friends and we ran into a snowstorm and we had been listening to Willa Cather's O Pioneer oh. um, book. And so we got home at two o'clock in the morning because we had been so detained by snow and we'd been listening to this book the whole way. And the boys said, who were probably 11 and 13, um, no way are we going to bed without hearing how this ended. So, you know, this is one of my favorite Christmas memories, too, is just laying on the floor of a bedroom upstairs with a cassette tape player, um, listening to the last two hours of this book. I mean, I think we finally climbed in bed at 2.30. And, but it was just so worth it. It was the holidays. We didn't have to get up. It was one of those bonding memories that happens with books. And I think that's really powerful. So good. So one of the things, Nancy, we talked about was um, in addition to the wrapped presents, giving experiences mm -hmm. as gifts. There were just times where we really, we loved the Christmas Carol, the, the book and the play. And we would read the book almost every year. Um, and there was a play that came to our Coger Center in Columbia. It was a traveling trip from North Carolina, and it was so well done. We would go to that every year. And there were just years. I mean, it was a lot of money to take a family of five to some of these, you know, premier centers that didn't have the homeschool performance. And we would just ask for that for Christmas from our parents. You know, would you be willing to give the kids tickets to this or to that? And it wasn't the only thing our parents would give them. But, you know, that was a huge help. So don't hesitate, you know, to ask if you have willing grandparents to give them suggestions like that. And, you know, churches have free yeah. uh, performances. The Messiah. Oh, oh, gosh, your kids need to hear the Messiah at some point. Um, with an orchestra and a choir. So anytime you can get your kids there, I think every child needs to see the nut, the nutcracker. My boys went once to the ballet and they said that was enough. But my <laughs> grandsons, my daughter was a dancer and so she loved it. But my grandsons go every year and still continue to enjoy it. It's just an exposure to, a, to something different, which I think is really important. 
Oh, definitely. You know, last Christmas, um, our kids, so every other year, our daughter and son-in-law and our grandkids come to Phoenix um, for Christmas. And um, if we're able to get up to where they are in Northern California on the alternate year, we go up to them. Um, But last year they came down. And of course, I mean, I still had presents, but I I wanted to do experiential things like you're talking about. And there is a, a place here um, that has what's called lights on the farm. We had the best time walking, walking this farm and seeing all the lights and roasting marshmallows and petting the, in the petting zoo, the little goats and the camel, you know, all the things and just spending time as a family. And whether it's something like that, or like we talked about before, you know, drive around and see the lights and have hot chocolate and, um, which is such a great memory those it's you know. so special and I think those are the things like I look back at my childhood and I'm telling you what I remember is baking cookies with my grandma and I mean okay that woman could out uh, work me I was probably 14 and I'm like grandma I need a nap and she's you know she would work <laughs> another eight hours baking cookies um, she was powerhouse but I rem- I don't remember a single gift. Okay, we did get the Barbie Dream House, my sister and I. Um, <laughs> I remember that. Um, but but what I remember is the time with family, the time mm-hmm. at church. At our, I grew up in a little Methodist church that my grandparents went to. It was three blocks away, and because we lived in a double bungalow, I went to church with them every Sunday. And on Christmas Eve, they would have this gathering where somebody was making lefsa and you'd get hot lefsa off the griddle uh, with butter and cinnamon sugar. And then they had this station where kids could make an ornament, you know, where you do the, or not a bird feeder with the pine cone and the peanut butter and the bird seed. And then they had a wassail bowl so you could have the spiced cider and they were singing Christmas carols. And I just, I remember things like that. And I want to give my grandkids that. And I wanted to give my girls that, you know, just those memories of time together, you know, whether it was sitting around Christmas morning, eating some homemade cinnamon rolls and reading the Christmas story out of the Bible um, before we opened our gifts. Like, I think those are the things that decades later, you remember as special because it was the people um, more than the gift, right? That's right. That's right. And that's so this year we know with inflation, things are high. And I think that's a real encouragement that you don't have to have all the things, but your kids, I mean, we know what we remember from our childhood. And, and now as we look at our children, our grown children and our grandchildren, it, it really is those bonding times. You know, we we do have some memories over gifts. Like one year, we gave the boys skateboards and Michael Jordan warm up suits. Ooh. It was, I mean, that was just what they wanted. And we'll never forget they would lay down on the skateboard. This is this is in an era before helmets with bicycles and skate. You know, it's so this this <laughs> is a different time. And they would get they got on those skateboards all day long, and they would lay in on on their stomachs and like paddle on the driveway and go up and down the hills in the neighborhood. So by the time they got through their Michael Jordan warm-up suits were totally ruined because they had been picked by all the stuff on the skateboard. And this is when Joe and I didn't have tons, tons of money for extra. We were homeschooling and uh, living on one income. 
And so that was, we, we really laugh. Those are the things we laugh about. It's kind of like camping, the things gone wrong right. and, and just all the great memories of sitting by the campfires, you know. One thing I do want to talk about, um, and that is how things change as your kids get older. Um, I was actually listening to Connie Albers podcast a couple of days ago on Christmas, and she just talked about how things change as your kids get older. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really true. Keep your kids involved in traditions as long as you can, even if they want to put up a fight about it. But at the end of the day, just remember, it really is about the relationship. So maybe you yeah. need to have them suggest new ideas of fun things that y'all could do together for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Zan, thinking back to our, you know, you have to adapt to the season that you're in. And then, of course, now we both have grown children and grandchildren. And I have been really intentional about I never want my adult daughter and her husband to feel this pressure or expectation that they must be at my house on Christmas morning. And, you know, if I always leave it up to them as adults, like we're just here, right. we'll take any time we can right. get with you. And I don't want them to ever feel pressure from me. And the, and um, my daughter's mother-in-law is exactly the same. And so we're, it's, it's really beautiful. But even like when your kids are teens, you know, they have a lot of activities, whether it's youth group or, you know, um, homeschool friends or whatever, um, plus their activities that they're in. And so I do think you're right on track when it's about adapting to the season that you're in. And, you know, those traditions are great. Keep as many as you can, but maybe it's time for a new tradition. You know, when we yes. moved to Arizona in 1999, our girls were five and seven, and we had come from Minnesota with lots of family and we loved it. But it was a lot to be driving to this house and that house and have three or four Christmases. And um, the first year we were down here, we went to a movie. We went out to dinner and we went to a movie on Christmas Eve. And it was so weird, but wonderful. And so we could have been missing and sad over what we didn't have because we were away from family, or we could embrace what we were in. And so we just made it the best it was. And it was wonderful. So you're right on when you just, it's just embrace the season that you're in. And it might be that you're in that season of you've just lost a loved one or, um, you know, a job or there's an illness or things are different than you wanted them to be, embrace where you are and find joy in the season regardless. That's right. My, my father-in-law is 99. He grew up with 10 brothers and sisters and, you know, he's the only living one now, even though he wasn't the youngest, but, you know, I would say the word that has marked his life um, has been resilience. Mm. And so he's always able to adapt and adjust. And I just remember when my kids got older, because Christmas had always been so important to me, it was, I, I, I was working for Broadman and Holman Publishers and Jimmy Draper was the president and his, his daughter, Terry is a good friend of mine still. But I remember his mom, her mom saying Christmas is not even necessarily about the day. And she would tell her children, let's get together when we can. Yes. We have a daughter, a granddaughter, Tristan, and they've been, from the very beginning, we've always had a Christmas brunch. Joe's mom loved it. My mom loved it. And so Tristan is 16 now 
maybe she's 17 and and she's she still loves the breakfast brunch on christmas so we'll have tristan and her family over and and i said tristan maybe you should stay home this year oh no grandmama we cannot do christmas without this so you know so you'll you'll find those little niches and the the places and but but it really is like we we started talking about at the beginning you said this nancy it's about jesus it's about glorifying god serving others and having those bonding times with your kids, those positive bonding times with your kids. You know, I just think this is such an opportunity that we have in this season to find ways to be a blessing to others and to model that for our children, to get them involved, to give them the gift of blessing someone else, serving someone else. Um, And then just, I think we need permission to take the pressure off. Um, You don't need a Hallmark Instagram worthy um, Christmas. If you have that, enjoy it. Soak it up. It's wonderful. Um, But you don't, it doesn't have to be the expectation. So maybe it's like we said, sometimes you can't change your to-do list. Um, All of the things you've committed to, you need to follow through on. Maybe, I mean, maybe there's something that you're like, okay, I don't need to do that. But generally we have a list of things that must be done. So how do we manage the stress? And some of that is adjusting our expectations. Um, And some of it is giving ourselves a break, giving our kids a break, you know, just extending mercy and grace to those around us and to ourselves. And so maybe, maybe what you typically do is you bake, you have your seven or eight or 10 or 12 different special cookies that you make every year and you deliver them to all your neighbors. And, you know, maybe that's something you do. But, but maybe this is a year where that is just going to be too much. It'll be the straw that broke that camel's back, you know? Um, and so maybe you make two or three special cookies. And, and, you know, so are there ways to adapt and adjust so that you can enjoy the beauty of the season? You know, this really is about the birth of our Savior. And so if we are so wrapped up in the wrapping and the all the you know, the glitter and the sparkles and the uh, making everything what we envision it to be, sometimes we can miss the beauty of just being present with our family or our friends or serving at church or sitting by the Christmas tree in the quiet of the house and just being together. Um, And so I would just say my heart is for people to be free and to reduce stress where you can. Um, you know, sometimes it's like for me, um, when our kids were young, I had to have James just be like, you're in charge of the kids tonight. I don't want to hear the word mom. Nobody gets to say mom (laughs) until tomorrow morning. Um, and so you feed them dinner and you give them their bath and read them their books and put them to bed and, you know, you do all the things. Um, and he was really good at always doing the dishes. So, uh, you know, he just took care of that, but sometimes, you know, just, I need a break. I need to go either for a walk by myself. I need to go take a bath. I need to go shopping by myself. I need to just have some space. That is not selfish. That is how you serve your family well. You know, if you are rested and you are joyful and you are refreshed, you can give them more. Um, And so I just, I think it's about taking care of ourselves so that we can take care of our families and really enjoying the beauty of this season. 
thank you so much for sharing those things. That reminded me of a conversation with a friend I had um, at co-op, at a, a, a co-op that Joe and I are still uh, involved in as board members. And so some people, you know, like this co-op goes through, I think this week or next week. So if you've got co-op classes, you obviously can't just take off from them. Um, uh, but maybe you can pare back the schoolwork. So that's what you're doing. And then you've got all these learning experiences with Christmas pageants and plays and grandparents coming in and, you know, reaching across the line to different age groups. And, and uh, so I think that's important. Another thing my husband used to say, Zan, if you're going to punish the kids, don't do it in a way that ruins your life. And when he was out of town and one of my boys would do something. He said, don't ground them. Don't make yourself stay home with them. But, you know, find a way that makes the point um, without punishing you. And so I've, I heard several moms talking about feeling like they're behind in their schoolwork and they're using the holidays as an opportunity to catch up. There's nothing wrong with that, but don't punish yourself. Um, I would say take two mornings and tell the child that's behind, okay, this morning we're going to devote two or three hours, depending on their, their attention span, to just getting caught up in this subject. And then we're closing the books. And that's a reward in and of itself. So try to find ways, like you said, to not only extend grace to others, but to themselves. Two things I wanted to say that I forgot to mention um, is just that one thing that we've done with our grandkids is give experiences as Christmas presents. Like we had our boys got, two of our grandsons got really interested in basketball. And uh, Brody really wanted to go see a pro ball game, which is pretty expensive. And so, you know, our Christmas gift to him were tickets and um, an overnight stay in a hotel in the Charlotte area. And so we're always kind of on the hunt for things like that. We do something with our grandkids called Cookie Camp, where we get all of our grandkids. Now, not the ones, we started this when we didn't have grandkids in California. So we're going to have to have new traditions with those kids. But we would have our five grandkids over um, for two days. And it started out as we made cookies and decorated gingerbread houses and all of that. And all of that's kind of fallen by the wayside. Now we have two days of fun and I let them choose the activities. Our, we always tried to have the Hallmark gingerbread houses, which we always had houses that collapsed. <laughs> and so last year, Brody said, do we ever have to do this again? I said, no. <laughs> so this year we actually found some pretzel houses we might try to put together. But, you know, it's just, just the fun of being together. I know the grandkids will all be grown and gone. And, and it makes me want to, I'm older and wiser now, really hang on to those relationships. And I think that's what you've been talking about. So I would like to close by reading some Bible verses that are just really special to me. And it's interesting um, because I, I really try to focus on these during the Christmas season. And then my pastor read a version from the New Testament. So this is Isaiah 61, uh, 1 through 
two or three. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, which I just think the prophecies in Isaiah are amazing. But our our pastor was reading from Luke this past Sunday. And, you know, it's interesting, Luke 4, this Luke 4, 16, Jesus went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And, you know, so wherever you find yourself during this holiday season, Jesus came not only to forgive our sins, but to give us a joy-filled life. And sometimes, you know, it's a gift that might be wrapped in pain and sorrow for a while, but he came to set the prisoner free. In the Isaiah passage, it talks about um, giving um, joy for ashes, beauty for ashes. And so we just, you know, there there is good news in Jesus and there is good news in the gospel. And everywhere we look, we can find bad news today. But we just, you know, Christmas, Advent was meant to be good news. Um, I, I was reading the other day, um, and, and it was a verse about how the Lord will fight your battles. I, it was in Second Chronicles somewhere. And I just was pleading with the Lord. I said, Lord, this is a battle I need you to fight for me. And, and that idea of God fighting for us, you know how it is. You've laid down your lives to homeschool your kids. You've given up a lot. You are fighting for your kids by homeschooling them. And in the same way, Jesus laid down his life for us. And he is fighting for us, um, not only um, in the forgiveness of sins, which he paid a dear price for, but to set us free and to give us joy and to uh, trade our mourning in for joy. So I, I think that's the that's just the blessedness of the holiday season. And I think it's a great note to end on. So Merry Christmas to you all. And thank you for choosing to be with us here today. Your presence with us means a lot. We know you, we know you gave up other things to be here. Nancy, before we leave, tell people where they can find you. Um, well, I have a website, nancymanos.com. I've got some free resources and blog articles. I haven't been writing as much as I'd like to, but um, there's some encouragement there. And so, and you know, I'm just on uh, uh, Instagram and Facebook at Joyfully Nancy Manos on Facebook and just love being connected with people. I love our community, praying blessings on every family this Christmas season, that you would find joy and peace in the midst of the chaos that we live in a lot of times. So what is so good? Amen. And you can find me at zantyler.com and, uh, and on social media. So we want to thank you again for being with us today. May God bless you and your family uh, during this Advent and Christmas season. And until next time, bye.